Hey, Wellness Warriors. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Me Well. I am your host, Asada Jones, and typically every week I sit down with a special guest and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well. You know the speech. But this episode, it's a little bit different. I sit down with my dear friend and registered psychiatric nurse, Kelly Walker, and we talk about drugs. I wanted to learn about drugs and ask stupid questions because I am really ignorant in that department, or at least I was until I spoke with Kelly about it. Um, We talk about all different types of drugs, prescription, non-prescription. We talk about what they do to the body. We talk about the importance of being honest with your healthcare professional, and I had such a really great time, as I always do, but this one was a really um, selfish episode, I think, because no one asked or requested this. This is just out of my pure desire to educate myself more, and I realized how ignorant I was and the preconceptions I had about all types of drugs. Um So it was a really great episode for me personally to learn, and I hope that you do as well. Um, Before we deep dive into the world of drugs, I need to do some housekeeping. So listeners, rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast app you're on. If you're on Spotify, you can follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, and it would be awesome if you leave a little five-star rating and a little review. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. The handle on both platforms is what makes me well, all one word. And you can also shoot me an email because I want to know what's been making you well and how you're supporting your well-being, especially during these last few weeks. I want to know what your highlights of the weeks are because although there are a lot of lows right now, there are a lot of highs and I want to know what your highlight of the week is. So yeah, flood my inbox with some good news and some positive stuff. Let me know how you guys are doing out there, Wellness Warriors. Okay, let's dip our feet into the pool of drugs with registered psychiatric nurse, Kelly Walker. Yes, we can do. And then I got this like um, spice, this spicy... Um, whiskey, I forget what it's called, a ginger spice, ginger spice whiskey. I love and it. And then a walnut English toffee whiskey. Walnut English toffee? Can I splash that in coffee. Really? Um, okay, so ever. I. <clears throat> okay, confession. <laughs> I am, what, this week mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. a vintage 25. Uh. Um, th- when I found out, that um, Irish coffee has real like whiskey in it. Like I thought it, I thought it was like the creamer. I did not know. <laughs> I didn't know the Irish were waking up with this. I was like, yo, you guys, yep. I've been doing it. Shit, all wrong, wrong. <laughs> all wrong. You have been doing it all wrong. Yes, so wrong, dude. I I am genuinely upset. <laughs> you got um, cheated all this up, time. But also kind of glad because, you know. Because you would have been an alcoholic. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, thank, seriously. Seriously, thank God I'm finding this out now. Like, now that I've got my coping mechanisms <laughs> down and my skills. We've been in therapy. And I know what is right for me. Oh. Because what? 
It's mm. delicious. Yes. And I love coffee so much. And it's just like, I genuinely look forward to coffee in the morning because it's like a good flavor and it's like you know what? the routine. Two Cafe Con Leches essentially in here. From I Zaza's. To, yes, nice. I poured in here. And I've already had a cold brew. Two cold brews. You're on it. So, How are you? How's your heart not like? Perfectly ex- fine. You could take my pulse and I'd be under 80. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I do. Now I'm like a coffee. If I drink two coffees now, I'm like Ugh, very, no. very, very jittery. I would probably have withdrawals. That's so funny. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I legit got a cold brew from Starbucks. I was brewing my own overnight. So after I finished the Starbucks one, I got my one that was in the fridge. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got coffee on my way over here. So Wow. Yeah. You're amazing, Kelly. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Okay, so I think this is the perfect uh, way to begin. <laughs> um, talking about our caffeine addictions. Ooh. and <laughs> I've only had one time where I can remember laying in bed and legit like vibrating. <laughs> and I'm just like, this must be what people are talking about. This is how it feels. This is it. Damn. I feel it now. You feel like it's like you're you feel the blood coursing through your veins. It is like you are vibrating. It's wild. It is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm not working out every single day, three times a day, like I'm, I do notice that I need to scale back on my caffeine consumption because yeah, I'm like here in this, in this room, just fucking trying to read lines and I don't know why I'm, what's going on? I'm coming in too hot. I drink a pot of coffee daily because I will wake up at 6am to study. And yeah. I will brew an entire pot. And when I'm finished with the pot of coffee, I'm done studying for a couple of hours. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're, like, in school. Oh. You're fucking doing it again. So, okay, so yes. talk to me about what you're going to school for. Okay, so I need people to see this is a podcast and not a visual medium. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am standing or sitting in front of this big-ass book with – hundreds I want to say <laughs> probably 50 but a, like about 50 tabs multi-colored Kelly has been doing some serious studying I mean what okay so Kelly I know right. that you're a nurse and I know that you're a psychiatric nurse yes that is all that I know and I'm okay. a bad friend well, so here we go you let the get... people know how educated you are history all right so I started off actually getting my BA my Bachelor of Arts in theater and then after I graduated with my BA I went on and I worked as a professionally trained face and body painting artist for a couple of years Love little it. known fact and um, I had a minor breakdown in the car. I remember driving to Fashion Square Mall with my mom one day. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And so my mom took advantage of this vulnerable state and goes, why don't you go to nursing school? And I go, okay, I'll go to nursing school. I always liked school. She's like, thank God my daughter isn't going to be a face painter the rest of her fucking life. So I went to nursing school. And the so I was never one of those kids that grew up going, I'm going to be a nurse when I grow up. That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And I went through nursing school, and we reached the psych rotation. And um, my my patient that I was assigned to in my psych rotation um, worked as a, was a sex worker downtown. Nice. And um, she wasn't coming to the groups. And when she finally made an appearance, she had a blanket over her head. And I, I walk over in my cute little white scrubs because I'm a nursing student. And I'm like, hi, my name is Kelly. I'm going to be your nursing student today. <laughs> and she looked at me. This woman was like six foot tall and like at least... 280. I mean, this was not a small woman. And she looked me up and down from head to toe. And she goes, you could be a model like me if you got different shoes. <laughs> what? So, 
so I got into psychiatric nursing um, under the guise of becoming a model. So I'm you still are... waiting for my photo shoot to this day. <laughs> um, but she I... is ready, you guys. <laughs> but I thought this was great. I was like, these are my people. Everybody yeah. else in psych hated it. Uh, patients were up and wandering around. You could not find anybody in their bed because they were encouraged to be up and moving around. That's, yeah. that's what it was. And um, I thought it was great. And when I was graduating, you have a month where you basically precept on a unit. Okay, and so every, what, what is that? What's precept? So that means before you become a real nurse, while mm -hmm. you are still a baby nurse in school, um, uh, not even a graduate nurse yet, it's your last month of school, they assign you to a unit to basically work with a preceptor who is kind of like your your mama nurse, your mama bear. Oh, okay. Who helps you and holds your hand and teaches you and gives you a little more freedom so you can be a nurse while you are still learning. So, so. kind of like a mentor? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And um, most people will say do not go directly into psych or a specialty like that. They want you to have the medical experience. Go to a med surge unit so you know more medical stuff before you go off into a specialty. And so I was initially okay. assigned to go to a critical care unit. And I really didn't want to go to a critical care unit. Is that unit. like an ER? Uh, it's, a C it's called a CCU. So CCU stands for critical care unit. So you figure it's it's not quite an ICU, kind of a step down from an ICU. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And um, I really didn't want to do it. The... <laughs> I hate to say this as a nurse. The medical aspect was not my strongest. <laughs> I like talking. My background's in theater. You yeah. Know, that's what I want to do. And I talked to my um, psych teacher, and um, she goes, well, I never did that. I went straight into psych, and I never looked back. And I called my teacher that night and said, you put me in psych, and you put me in psych now. <laughs> and I was the first person in our school who got to go to the behavioral that. psych, which is where they have to be up and walking and talking. So it's not med psych. So... I, my patients were schizophrenic, bipolar disorder, yeah. various drug-induced psychosis. So. Okay, so, all right, so, for, I mean, I know, I know the answer to this question, but just in I case too. <laughs> people are listening that don't know, what is the difference between behavioral psych and med psych? So, med psych, you're going to have more of a medical aspect to it, so if you, you figure, um, Med psych is where if somebody is having severe liver issues or kidney issues and they have to be hooked up to dialysis or they have to be hooked up to a machine, they can't be in behavioral psych okay? because of the machines and the IVs and things that would be needed to treat them are considered a hazard on a behavioral psych unit. So, um, for example, we weren't even, as nurses, supposed to draw our patient's blood. A phlebotomist mm -hmm. came over to do that because we were standing next to them to make sure the patient didn't take the needle and stab them. Right. Or themselves, or another patient. That is fascinating, so. and it makes sense that there is a separation because <laughs> there clearly needs to be a separation. But um, I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't, realize that or maybe i did know that and well, i forgot yeah, yeah i knew a lot that. of I forgot. <clears throat> dementia or alzheimer's patients will tend to go on to a med psych unit too which is I unfortunate see. i've worked on a unit somewhere else where it was kind of more of a dumping ground unfortunately for dementia and um, alzheimer's patients and you can't do too much for them because that's more of an actual uh physiological issue with brain Issues, yeah, it's um, not behavioral. behavioral. I see. Or, yeah. Huh. That so. makes sense. That makes sense. So we're not going to fix them. 
That's, right. That's, we can't do that. Right. There's, that's not a thing yet. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We're, we'll get there one day. Um, wow. Okay. That's fascinating. And um, I feel like a shitty friend. <laughs> I feel like a bad friend that I didn't know that. Um, I love that journey for you. <laughs> that is really cool. And okay, so you are currently back in school. I'm back in school. I just started a year ago. Kind of on a honestly, it feels like a million years, dude. I know, and I've just only been, a and year. I'm just complaining because we can't like hang out as often. It, as it feels we like did. a million years for me too. <laughs> so I completely understand. That. I'm just um, kind of on a lark. Um, you know, I had some some friends tell me, "Hey, you you should be a nurse practitioner," and psych psych nurse practitioners are in need. And I never wanted to go back to school to get another bachelor's because I don't have my bachelor's in nursing. I don't mm-hmm. have a BS. I just have a BA. Okay. So I have an ASN. So I would have to go back and get my bachelor's in nursing to go on. And I was like, I'm not doing that. But a friend of mine encouraged me to look at a program she was doing. And it was a special program at University of Alabama at Birmingham. Go Blazers. Cool, cool. Yeah. But um, That's really cool. I kind of applied and got my recommendations from a doctor that I work with and um, a couple other people I work with. And it was funny because you have that moment where you're worried about getting in and then you get your letter and it tells you, hey, you got in. And you're kind of like, yay. Oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> Fuck, now <laughs> yes. I got to do it. So, yeah, now you got to do the work. Yeah. So, I've, um, so I'm in a specialty track for psychiatric nurse practitioner um, at University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB. And I have... Four more semesters left, including the semester that I'm in, and I just started my specialty classes, which include my first psych class in this rotation. So, thank God I feel like I'm back home. You're back <laughs> like, because there's yes. I've done psych for I've been a nurse for 16 years, yeah. so and I've done psych that entire time. So yeah, so you, this is your this yes, is your this is where I I like being. your home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and home if you don't safe. use it, you lose it with anything. Yeah. and that's medical skills and other stuff. I mean, that's the disadvantage of specialties. Yeah. You know, so of course, if you ask your cardiologist about you know gut issues, they're kind of going to be like, mm, yeah, go see this specialist. Yeah. So. Same kind of deal. Yeah. Don't ask me cardiac issues too much. No, I won't ask you about cardiac issues. I will ask you about drugs. So. <laughs> Go drugs. Go drugs. <laughs> Title of this episode, Go Drugs. I, th- oh, you know God. what? I typically have like a standard for all of the titles, but this one is going to be Go Drugs. Um, Dude. <laughs> Go Drugs. Um. Okay, so I want to learn about drugs, and I felt like... Let me start off. You texted me. I did, okay. Asada texted me straight up with the, hey, Kelso, I want you to teach me about drugs. (laughs) And I'm like, could we make this any vague it up a little bit for me? Like 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, I think. (laughs) Just a random thing. Um, Because I had realized I, um, I don't know very much about drugs like I know I know the stigma drugs are bad and if you do drugs you're a bad person anyway I had I was brought up with such a narrative and like my sister had an issue with drugs and my father had an issue with drugs so of course it was I was raised with the negative uh, ramifications obviously whereas like I didn't I wasn't aware that you could have a uh, 
a relationship with drugs that didn't involve jail or the psychiatric unit or police mm. or what like it wasn't necessarily the that dare commercial <laughs> um successful people do drugs actually doctors prescribe drugs yeah, uh-huh. um like <laughs> they do and it in it, it is again a level it was an education thing for me like it wasn't until i was in college and i was learning more about psychology and I was learning more about mental health Mm -hmm. learning more about the treatments of mental health and then I remember I took a um uh psychology of deviant sexual behavior or something like that and he had mentioned that there were um medications for pedophiles and medications for uh drug addicts or excuse me not drug addicts sex addicts and it was just like one of those things where I was like wait drugs yeah we're doing is this how we're doing drugs like I don't know. There was just something about hearing that, like, medication and like pills are mm-hmm. are used in a in kind of a preventative way. Um, I don't know. It was just just kind of eye opening for me, seeing as I only understood drugs in the form as like you do drugs, you become an addict, and that's it. Like I never understood the medical aspect of it. So. I was like thinking about that and thinking about the mushrooms that are still in my um, refrigerator because I'm too chicken to do them. And I was wondering, and I was thinking like, well, maybe if I learn more about drugs and psychedelics and things like that, like, you know. So, so I'm, I'm here to calm your fears so you can use You know, maybe, or maybe I'll learn about them and I'm just like, you know what? It's not what I want to do to my, like... I don't know. No. I also just found out that there's like the frog thing. Yes. Jesus Christ, you Please know that. Please don't go licking toads. What is that? <laughs> well, like you can get injected with some frogs with like frogs. I think I've even stuff. heard of things like stamps or stickers too. That yeah, that's a thing, have. right? Yeah. yeah. What is that? Oh, don't don't. That's that's beyond my that's, total. That's, that's not... it's, it's a. I mean, it's a psychotropic, you know, thing. So uh, it has hallucinogenic effects that people used to do. And, um, I mean, I want to say it started off, you can look into Amazonian native people who used to, you know, dip um, darts into things like that. that, You know, if you use them, it can also take you on some kind of a hallucinogenic You're going to see Jesus. So you're going to see Jesus. You're going to see Jesus. So welcome to that. (laughs) But I think the... First thing, kind of, that you're talking about with you have to understand the drugs with the tolerance versus dependence versus addiction. Yeah. So there's kind of three different levels yes. there because just because you use an opiate doesn't necessarily make you an addict, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to take time. Yeah. And I did, and I, that. Something as simple as that concept mm-hmm. was never explained and fully, like, like fully explained to me until I was in my 20s. Like, and I have, you know, fully formed ideas and opinions about people and, like, groups of people. You know, it's, like, so stupid yeah. and, like, very narrow-minded. And it was literally until, like... A doctor was like, "Girl, you need to smoke a fucking joint and well, chill the fuck out." I think it was like, okay. Where I was like, was that okay. we grew up in." I yes. remember because I grew up in yes. the the Nancy Reagan dare to keep kids off of drugs. Yes, and, the and mothers against drunk driving, and you know yeah. all of those 
niches. And I remember when I had a friend in high school who came up, and I never did in high school. I never smoked pot. I never did acid. I never did that. Yeah. But I had a friend who she was very interested in doing acid. And um, that wasn't my thing. And I was kind of like, no, don't do it. You know, here I am all up on my yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do drugs. Da, 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 da. And um, she came to me like, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, and she's like, Helly, I feel like I have to make an, a confession to you. I did acid the other day. And first of all, I'm not your confessor. Yeah, like, who, what does, yeah. who am I to really make that opinion? And then I remember I was just so, at that point in time, shocked that I, I had a friend who did drugs like yes. that. Oh, my God. What, yes. you know, how could you? I can't even look at you anymore. You know, I mean, yes. I'm just, and, so I'm not saying that I'm like that now by any means. But, no. you know, oh, first think, exposure yes. to, you know, yeah. a friend who is doing drugs. Yeah. You know, and something besides pot. Yeah. You know, so. And, and like, for anybody that's listening, like, on, like. There's no judgments coming yeah, from Yeah, in, in our vintage 25 <laughs> age, we don't give a, like, we genuinely don't care <laughs> don't what you're doing. Like, yeah. I really don't give a fuck. As long as you're not hurting anybody, Dude. everything's well, cool. Do I what even... you gotta do. We're in a, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even tell my patients, because oftentimes I'll have patients who come in, and they lie about how much they are using. And frankly, I don't give a shit. I'm asking for your physical safety yeah, like, because I just if you are know. coming off of something, yeah. I need to know so you don't suddenly go into withdrawals. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm not the cops. I'm not going to arrest you. I just right. want to make sure I'm prepared to act should I need to. Right. And I feel like that's 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 important. Yeah. Like that's really So don't lie to your medical professionals, I'm... please. <laughs> okay. Well just just right, to give so... people a visual of what I have. She's so I wanted notes. to know about drugs, so I got nervous that I was going to sound like an idiot. So I have notes, I and I it. also brought my Pharmacology of Nursing Care book, so just good. so people know that I'm referring to Lenny's Pharmacology of Nursing Care. And another <laughs> reference also includes teens.drugabuse.gov. Okay? Teens.drugabuse.gov. Yes, it is a real website, it. and it is actually full of wonderful information for anybody who really? wants to look. Because let's face it, all the teenagers are smarter than us. Okay. So if you have teenage children, go on and have a They peek. already know. Okay. <laughs> Find out the other names for the drugs you don't know. And, you know, if somebody's throwing something around, you suddenly know what they're talking yeah. about. Let's face it. A two-year-old knows how to work my phone better than I do. I okay? mean, truly. So. Truly. Yeah. Okay. Let's All just right. start with the general right. introduction to how do drugs affect the brain? All right. Well, okay. we kind of touched, well, mentioned tolerance versus addiction versus dependence. Okay, So yes. tolerance is basically, let's say you're prescribed a medication, okay? Um, you're prescribed one milligram to take twice a day, and you take one milligram twice a day just like the doctor orders, but then suddenly you are not getting the same effect four weeks down the line that you were when you first started this mm -hmm. medication because you have now built up what is called a tolerance for it. So you have to take more of the medication to get the same effect. Okay, you can have an addiction when you misuse the medication. Yeah. Okay, so the misuse is going to be well, your doctor ordered the one milligram twice a day, and you suddenly double or triple up on that. Okay. So that's when you are um, misusing it as it was initially ordered. And a dependence is when you now require the medication in order to feel normal. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, that's a dependence. Um, so how do the drugs affect the brain? Okay, so it really affects the communication 
system in the brain. Okay. So you figure you have um, neurons and these nerve cells that send and receive and process information. That's how your, your brain communicates throughout your body and everything goes on. And we know of two ways that drugs work on the brain. And one is imitating the brain's natural chemical messengers, so imitation. And then t uh, the second one is overstimulating um, the reward circuit of the mm -hmm. brain, which is like your dopamine. Okay. Okay. So ones like um, marijuana and heroin, they mimic the neurotransmitters that we naturally produce. Whereas cocaine and methamphetamine, they cause the nerve cells to release too much dopamine. Mm. All right. Okay, so like it okay so wait say that again <laughs> wow i am so not a fucking i am not a nurse you guys i am a aerialist and a yoga therapist um okay repeat that again All right, so the two ways the drugs work in the brain mm -hmm. one <laughs> they're gonna imitate what you naturally produce i've had a beer can you tell yeah uh-huh keep going and two Overstimulation. Okay. So imitation and overstimulating. Okay. So, so they're like, going to act like it or they're going to make it produce more. Got it. Understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like the t whatever the cannabinoids. Yeah. Heroin so and marijuana are mimickers and cocaine and methamphetamines, things like that are ones that cause the nerve cells to okay. release too much. Okay. I'm trying to like use the information that I know from, um, um, my interview with uh, the Ella, Ella and Joanna from Wheela CBD. Like mm -hmm. they gave me like a, they did like a little breakdown, and they, those girls are so smart. Women are so smart, um, and they were like, I mean, Ella like talks about cannabinoid systems and like the receptors and all that stuff. But like I have on like whew. I was gonna say I don't know how deep I'm going to get into that no, because no, no, I no, did no, no. We I researched don't. several areas for you no, no, and no. one of them happens to be No 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 we so. definitely don't need to, to like, <laughs> go into it that much but I'm like trying to like apply what I know to this. You know. Um and I'm um it's a, it's a, it's interesting. Okay. So it mimics so mimics or, or overstimulate. Overstimulate. Mm -hmm. Got it. Cool. Continue. I'm with you. <laughs> well, I, when you, you know, said teach me about drugs, <laughs> my first question kind of back was like, so what are you talking about? Are we talking street <laughs> drugs? Are we talking like ones that I pass that the doctor orders? What kind of drug? I mean, do you want to learn about Lepressor and heart conditions? Or, or what are we talking about? It should be noted that and if I have your phone number, I will text you, <laughs> you some random shit sometimes. And you replied back, all the drugs. I was just like, all the drugs. So I want to learn about all the drugs. I don't know very much about anything. So, so, um, yeah. Okay. So let's start with, let's start with THC. All right. So. All right. So. Tetrahydrocannabinol. Tetrahydrocannabinol. Yes. Okay. All right. So what it does is it stimulates the cells in the brain to release dopamine, which creates a euphoria. That's yes. that high sensation. Yes. Okay. It's, it's the sleepy time tea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it interferes with how information is processed in the hippocampus. All right. Mm -hmm. The hippocampus is the part of your brain that's responsible for forming memories. Oh, that's why you can't remember shit when you you're high. Got it. Um, it can also induce hallucinations, 
Uh, it can change your thinking. Um, it can cause delusions. It can cause paranoia. So I'm sure if you have not experienced that yourself, you have seen or know of somebody who has. <laughs> we know that that, that so. little squirrely friend from high yes, school. We all know that little squirrely <laughs> friend from high drag. school. Yes. Oh, yes. I wonder so. how he's doing. <laughs> um, the effects of it last for about two hours. Kicks in in about ten to thirty minutes after ingestion. Hmm. All right. Um, medically. FDA had approved, I mean, this is before yeah. everything now, um, but had approved it for use um, in nausea and vomiting um, related to cancer medications. Yeah. So that was kind of a big deal. I think that's kind that. of really cool. Like, I uh, I mean, I know people have their opinions on it, whatever. I'm, listen, if it stops your freaking bot like if it stops you from having an epileptic seizure jesus christ uh, smoke a joint <laughs> i cannot i just i cannot be a part i just i just yeah but i understand that there's a lot in like the regulations so i i can under i don't know no. i get it but i'm also like can we just can we just legalize it across the board <laughs> so people can like not die like or if you have cancer like Jesus Christ, do what you got to do. And, like, yeah, I... I think, personally, like, the important thing with the legalization is that um, if it's legalized, FDA can monitor what's going into it. And I think that, to me, is the most important thing. Just because, you know, I mean, shoot, how many times do people OD or have bad effects from something because it something else was laced yeah. in it that they didn't know about or yeah. something, you know. Or the, the synthetic be. THC, oh, that ooh. fake shit. I, I have a whole section of that for oh, you we as do? well. Okay, yes. I'm really excited. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I know, I, I know personally someone, like, a, a close friend of mine mm-hmm. that was tr- was trying to n- not smoke, like, THC mm-hmm. and started doing the synthetic and he completely changed. Oh, it's awful. It is like he's I mean, not awful. the same person that he we is get today. More people who have had an issue or a psychotic break or psychosis related to Shut use of spice. Up, really? And spice is it's scary. Is that what that is? Yeah. Spice? Yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm flips. so excited. Okay. All right, okay. All right. So sorry, I don't no, mean no, to no, jump no. ahead. <laughs> so well first before we jump over to spice, I just want to separate dopamine um, versus serotonin. Because they're both feel good neurotransmitters that we have, and Please the dopamine do. is the I have no one. Idea. Okay, the so dopamine do. is what we're gonna see that mainly causes addictive effects. So. Isn't there? But ser- serotonin, serotonin is the um, quote unquote feel good. Both are related to feel good. Now the Hormone. thing with the dopamine is it's triggered by um, acts of short term pleasure. Okay. Yes. Whereas serotonin is gonna be long term satisfaction. Yes. Okay. Okay, totally yeah. unrelated to drugs, but <laughs> um, I'm in the middle of reading this book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Um, I think I posted, I think I spoke about this in another podcast when I just downloaded the book and discovered it, um, but holy crap. This man talks about, okay, so he's been studying depression and anxiety since like the a, the 90s, right? So he's talking about the argument of serotonin and like how it has 
been like the backbone of anti-depression of anti-depression medication and what we're finding i love that you're smiling because you're like I i've known it this whole with time this, I think. and you're i'm going like, with it's in the gut and not the brain holy yeah fuck yeah. okay so all right so for for the listeners Essentially, what I am finding out in this book is that he found out that serotonin, sure, is a thing that is contributing to the feel-good hormones in your brain, but what we're finding is that as far as like all the feel-good hormones in your brain, it's like 10%. Yeah, about 90% of serotonin is produced in your gut. Right. <laughs> but then, so the argument for antidepressants, where it's like, oh, your brain doesn't produce SSRIs. enough serotonin, that's mm-hmm. not a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why antidepressants don't work. So he's talking about, you know, discovering the real reasons you're depressed, and a lot of it is like, you know, girl, what's going on in your life? Like, are you stressed out? What's happening in your family? What's happened in your past trauma? Like, what's going on with your emotional connections? What's going on with your occupational health? These type of things. And what I'm taking out of that, because I have studied yoga and, like, yoga therapy, is that, oh, he's talking about quieting down and listening to your fucking gut. Well, I think a lot of it is. And I am, I am one who will, I'm not going to say that, just lifestyle changes no, is going to fix anything. And I'm not, not going to say that just pills are going to fix anything because no. I don't agree with that. But I do agree that it is a combo combo yes. of the two. If you ignore one, you're not going to see the results that you totally yes. want to see. And um, there's a funny like cartoon that's out there uh, that has one like it looks like a teller line that says lifestyle changes, and um, the other line says pills and surgeries and the line is only on pills and surgeries yes. and nobody's online for lifestyle yeah, I've seen changes. That one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the big thing because we I mean let's face it, we all would love for a quick fix. I would love to be able to say all you have to do is take this and everything will be perfect. You don't have to think about anything ever again. Yeah. Well that's just not true. Yeah. And um I they are starting to have a lot of continuing education for nurses even now that deals with um, the gut issues and I the serotonin release. That. And I'm, I am fascinated by that. I find that so interesting because, yeah. I mean, weight and diet has always been an issue for me growing up throughout. So I am just fascinated by the connection there. And it's true. Yeah. A lot of our medications are, are for the brain. There's serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors. Um which, okay, <laughs> you ready for your, your anatomy lesson? All right, strap in, guys. Let's do this. <laughs> so you have your neurotransmitters. Yes. We talked about that before. So they're the communication aspect. Yes. So you have your receptor sites, and then you have your neuron that's going to release the serotonin, let's say. Yes. So what you have, it releases the serotonin, attaches to, just as an example of a neurotransmitter, it attaches to the receptor sites, then whatever left is floating around in this um space right here between the communicating factors is going to be recycled or reuptake for it to be released again. All right. So okay. a serotonin reuptake inhibitor is going to stop that recycling. So you have more serotonin floating around out here so it can attach more quickly when receptors are available. Again. Gotcha. So it is giving it more of a fighting chance. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that's so if you hear SSRIs, that's serotonin um Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors because it's selectively targeting serotonin alone. Got it. So, I mean, yeah, so we have all of these, all of these things Mm -hmm. which are helpful. Mm -hmm. I mean, are helpful and have, 
we cannot lie and say that they haven't changed lives. They have changed the lives of, of thousands, and if not, if not millions of people. Um, as long as you take it, and please listen to your doctor. As long as you take it, yeah, exactly. But then, but then there is that. There is the what I think is wonderful now, and and you know what you're saying with the continuing education is that people are taking are, into account other yeah, aspects. Other aspects, and that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He in in the book, um, Johan Hari talks about the first studies of doctors going to unfortunately mostly women you know that are depressed and you know suicidal and then they're like oh you know I'm on these pills these pills aren't working okay let's talk about other aspects and what's going on in your life and then they're finding out that it is trash fire you know just because it was what I think that was just the time that this person was living in and they're realizing that okay well maybe there's more to it than just the one thing I mean it sounds so basic. It does, yeah. It sounds it does. so fucking basic, but it there's there's a reason why it has taken till twenty twenty for us to we know this, we did the studies, let's now we're actually putting it into practice in like the medical scope. You're almost gonna get me like up on a soapbox because one of the things that I we <laughs> there's a stigma behind mental health, right? Yeah. You know? So that's yeah. It is it is starting I believe it's starting to lessen but let's face it, there's still a stigma a lot yeah. of times with it. The more we have people talk about it, I think the more we make it part of our, our everyday, yeah. you know, then it will be more accepted. Yeah. Um, but I will also say, I mean, I feel like the advent of a lot of this deals with um, media and social media and um, magazines back in the day. You know, you can see a picture of this pretty girl who you are supposed to look like and this yeah. is your ideal to live up to. You have no clue she's on a picture, of, you know, she's a picture on, on the front of this magazine. You don't know she's 12 or you don't know that she has an eating disorder yeah. that yeah. is not being addressed, but that's how she's dealing with it. You don't know that she has an abusive mother or father. Yeah. That, so there are hidden aspects. Yeah. We want to present a pretty picture. Yeah. And it's not the case, I think, for any of us. We each deal with something different emotionally. Whether you have been physically abused or not, sexually abused or not, you know, yeah. it, we each have our own thing, yeah. our own yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important for everybody to feel comfortable talking about it with someone and, and accepting yourself with it. And it's okay. And if that's yeah. where you are, that is fine. It doesn't make you any less of a person or more of a person. Yeah. You know, this is where you are and it's who you are. And let's start there. Yeah. That's, I love so. that. And I think that's, that's going back to having that open conversation with your, your healthcare provider. You, 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 have to find somebody or it is within your best interest to find somebody where you do feel comfortable enough and go, okay, I know that I can talk to her and be like, you know, if I, if you do struggle with drugs or or alcohol or whatever, or whatever the case may be, and especially if you're on medication, Jesus Christ, like be honest, so that all that stuff affects each other. Yeah. I feel like that's the most important thing that you said right there is Find someone you feel comfortable talking to. If you do not feel comfortable talking with your provider, find a different provider. Yeah. Because you are not, this is in your best interest. And my example that I always use is if you bring your car to a mechanic and you don't like what they're telling you is wrong with your car and they're saying it's going to cost $5,000 and you're like, fuck me, what? 
You can take your car to a different mechanic yeah. and get a second opinion. So if you're willing to do that for your car, why aren't you willing to do that for your body or mind? Yeah. So please feel free to go to somebody else. I know I had an awful experience in my early 20s with a uh, family practice nurse practitioner. And it literally stopped me from going to the doctor for years. Yeah. It was just so humiliating and degrading. And yeah. I left the office in tears. And you're like, I'm never going to the never, doctor. I'm never going again. back. I thought yeah. I was doing finally the right thing. With, you know, how in commercials they always say, talk to your doctor about a weight loss regimen, da, yeah. da, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And I finally decided, you know, I was going to talk to my doctor about it because I'm overweight and I want to make a change. And she started questioning me, and this is funny that I end up a psych nurse. She started asking me if my weight, being overweight, made me depressed. And through my tears, I tried to make some kind of joke about, well, if you're asking if I've been depressed, I've, you know, if being fat makes me depressed, I've been depressed my whole life. Yeah. Okay, I say this through my tears. And she starts pulling out her script pad to yeah. write off medications for me. And I'm like, excuse me? That's not, that's you're not, not listening. That's yeah. not what I'm asking for. Yeah. So by all means, please feel free to get a second opinion. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So, I'm sorry that happened. Oh, that's... it was awful. And the funny, funny side note on this, and it's probably an overshare, but I was going for my GYN exam and I was so upset and crying so hard and clamped down. They couldn't even do it. Okay. They, they couldn't, couldn't do the they exam. Could, they could not get a speculum inside of me. I was You so were just, mad. You oh. were mad. I was mad. I was mad. So there you go. Wow. Overshare for everybody <laughs> who doesn't know me. Oh, everybody. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's that I again I'm sorry that happened yeah. to you but I love that you became like you're the change <laughs> you want to see in the industry yeah that's really I think that's really awesome that's that silver lining I like it um okay so back to it okay so we were talking about dopamine and serotonin yeah so the dopamine again is triggered by acts of um short-term pleasure yeah and then the serotonin is going to be triggered by long-term satisfaction yes um Dopamine touches five receptor points in the brain. Serotonin touches 14. Mm. All right. Um, dopamine is the one that is considered the more addictive. Yes. Short-term pleasure, wanting it now. And, I mean, I can relate to that. I don't know about anybody. I, I hope most now. people, yeah. yeah. Um, serotonin is considered non-addictive. Um, dopamine, you're left always wanting more, people think of. Whereas serotonin, you're being grateful for what you have. Huh. So those are kind of separations that you could see in that. But we were leading up to talking about Interesting. spice. Yeah, okay. So let's <laughs> talk about spice. So which is the synthetic The synthetic marijuana. Okay. Um, people might hear it as K2. K2, K2 is also spice. Um fake weed. Yeah. You know, what's sold oftentimes it's um sold packaged sometimes saying not for consumption by humans or it's sold as an incense which is how they get around things um not consumption by humans but people who want it know (laughs) what it is um i didn't have i have never smoked spice just throwing that out there but i have a a family member who had who has very a very funny story of her doing it and paranoia that just leapt to life from it and basically just this, you know, night of of 
<laughs> Funny stories and a yeah. healthy, healthy girl wanting to eat nothing more than a pound of gummy bears. Okay? Wow. So stuff happened. <laughs> um, so what spice is, it's a mix of herbs and laboratory-made chemicals with mind-altering effects. And oftentimes that's sprayed on the herbs so it looks like weed. Ah. Okay, so they're going for the, yeah, this is all natural it looks, too. It is not. It's not. It is not. None of it's real, right? Like it's not, Mm-mm. it's um, like the herbs that are in there are not THC no. herbs or anything. Like it's not no, going to get laboratory-made. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, um, the effects are different than marijuana and they're often stronger. So, um, what we see Mm. sometimes because I do work in a, um, behavioral health and chemical dependency facility right now. And, um, sometimes you will have a drug induced psychosis that people are going through and spice can be one of those triggers that kind of sets it off. And so do they have that, like. What is it? Like, do they have a tendency? A predisposition. A predisposition sometimes, for Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. And sometimes you just need that one little spark that sets it off. Yeah. Sometimes people, when they get it out of their systems, will be fine. The family member I was talking to uh, ended yeah. up with a great amusing story for everyone but her. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucked for her at the time, but, you know, <laughs> it. I was cracking up, okay, as, oh as she's gosh. talking about people peeing in hallways and stairwells while she's puking on the side, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, all right. Thank goodness so. that's like the only, that's the oh, worst thing that happened. Oh, seriously. It could have been so much worse. Yeah. I've seen people who have had psychosis sparked by that and they don't come all the way back. Right. And the problem well, is, is they know what they were. They are with yes. it enough and on to reality enough to know that they are not where they were before they did this drug. Yes, and that's that is my personal experience. Mm-hmm. I have a very good friend, had a very good friend um, that did it for a while, mm-hmm. like a while. Like I want to say, like close to a year, and he, they were not the same person mm-hmm. that they were before and they knew it Mm -hmm. they knew that it was making them paranoid and making them like a little bit sketchy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um like twitchy and Mm -hmm. just erratic Mm -hmm. um and and i believe they stopped but still they're not the same person they're not the same person um yeah, it, it's it's uh it's it's very surprising where you're just like oh you are aware enough to know that this isn't well like this isn't right for you but you're the shit thing about this that really pisses me off is that oftentimes it'll lure somebody in especially a teenager let's say because they're like I can do this it's, it's sold in this place yeah. it's not weed. I'm I don't have to go to a, a sketchy drug, drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can I can smoke this. It's okay. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. My, I mean, I grew up with the, you know, the egg and the smashing of this is your brain. Yeah. This is your brain on drugs <laughs> type thing. It would have been so much more effective if they would have allowed for everybody to have a tour in a psych facility and be like, hey, yeah. just so you know, this is what could happen. Yeah. Just like a more honest and realistic than yes. a scare, yeah, fear-based Absolutely. approach Absolutely. Or, you know, yeah. or you can see somebody who had a successful life. And I'm not going to say you can't function or hold a job and do that. You can. 
They're, I mean, yeah, they're, they're functioning addicts all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, you can, but is, is it you, for the lack of a better term, living your best life? Yeah. No, yeah, not yeah. necessarily. Um, yeah, let's yeah. see. To go over what I have. Okay. okay. Uh, DEA made active chemicals in spice illegal. Okay. But the problem is, is that the active chemicals, people will change it. That's how a lot of people get around mm. illegal restrictions on certain medications is they'll change like a molecule in something. And suddenly it's not what the DEA said. No, no, you can't do this. They're like, it's not that. Take huh. that, bitch. You know, so but it's you can still, still something that's then, really but it's, shitty for yeah. you. Yeah, okay. Um, the actual effects of spice, of course, they're unpredictable and they can cause death. Yeah. Okay, just so that is, yeah. out, they can cause death. Um, it is addictive and withdrawal symptoms include headaches, anxiety, depression, and irritability. Mm. All right, people will be like, meh, I can deal with that. Yo, it, it's not your normal headache, okay? And I mean, and it's not like, your... here's the deal like, you're. In, in my brain, you're smoking spice or taking spice. I mean, I'm assuming you could you could take it just like you would THC, like mm-hmm. marijuana in any form, yeah. I guess. Um, but, like, I don't know. Anybody that I've ever spoken to that, like, does, like, smokes marijuana a lot or, like, smokes weed a lot, it is, um, it is like a... Like a relaxation, mm-hmm. you want to have a good time, like set a vibe type of deal. Like that's, and like that's how I would, I treat it, you know, just like we're on vacation and, you know, but relaxing, like but then, some, is, but yeah. the synthetic, I feel like gives you, it's, it's a different, um, well to put it effect. into like, a I don't mind know, frame seem. of other things. So let's look at, um, alcoholism and alcoholics. I can go and I can have one or two drinks and then not drink for a month. Yeah. And I'm okay. Yeah, that's true. But then you will have somebody else who can't leave the house without having a few drinks daily. Yeah. So I think it all depends on different levels. And I think that that's... It's it's the addiction... Yeah, the addiction tolerance dependence type deal. I mean, I, I can't tell you. For some reason... Back in the day, all of my boyfriends, you know, were always big weed smokers. Yeah. And I remember just, I mean, I didn't care, but it got to the point where I got so sick of waiting to leave the house because they had to smoke a bowl first. Yeah. And I got sick of waiting around. It's a, ha- it's a habit. Yes. Yeah. So and I you got have sick to wait around. That, and yeah. I have to wait around. So I got sick of that. Wasn't necessarily, you know, the smoking weed I had a problem with. It was the, really, motherfucker? You can do this, like, before I got here? <laughs> Now we have to it's wait. The lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. I yeah. had a problem with. That makes total sense. So yeah, that makes total fucking yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so um, so that is spice, which is really yes. shitty. And yes. I, okay. So we have gotten to the end of my. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much more for you. Nope. We've gotten to the end of my education, and as far as I know, we've covered marijuana and fake marijuana. <laughs> And now, what else is there? Okay, well, so I took, uh, it was a Valium. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a Valium. The thing that you take for the plane to relax a Xanax. little. Yes. Yeah. I took a Xanax for the first time. It was a half a Xanax because yeah. I was nervous. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm scared. Um, You're not alone. A I lot of people are know, and do. Well, I took it to fly um, when I went on a flight to Chicago. And it was it was like I took the edge. It kind of made everything a little bit, just a, a little bit less 
scary. Yeah. Like, you know, like flying was like, oh, I'm not spitting in the face of everything that is natural. Whoa. It's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Like, it was chill. Um, but it didn't, it didn't last for a long time. Nope. It was very, like, quick. And I was like, I was kind of grateful because I didn't mm-hmm. know how it was going to be. And I was like, oh, I'm not trying to be, like, hot. Like, again, all I have a point of reference mm-hmm. is, like, marijuana. So I'm like, I'm not trying to be fucking high all day, man. <laughs> you know? And, and my friend who is with me, she's like, calm down. <laughs> I need you to relax. <laughs> well, again, we grew up with the, I mean, I, mean, I never did a lot of drugs. So if somebody's like, hey, take one of these, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How am I going to react to this? Am I going to be an addict? She's like, mm, calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that was, it was cool. It was very like quick. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand what everybody's, um, uh, like the whole fascination of Xanax was. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, this is it. It felt like a little baby roller coaster ride. It was um, like a little wee. I'm putting my drink down to handle this. Okay, okay. so what? <laughs> School me on Xanax. All and right. then I think I got a Xanax, but it was much stronger when I got LASIK mm-hmm. eye surgery. They gave me something, mm-hmm. and it was, girl, I didn't give, I didn't, I didn't have a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Laser my eyes. I don't freaking care. <laughs> it was, it was a switch that turned off, mm-hmm. and I don't, I cannot remember what it was. So I I'm, wish you did, because I, I'm wondering, and I wish at this point in time I remember what they, they gave my mom something for maybe oral I, surgery that was hysterical okay i mean i love my mother but let you know the poor woman is in her 70s and when we got out of the car she's walking like crossing one leg in front of the other and and looking at her feet and i'm like mom look up please don't look down (laughs) quit crossing your legs we gotta get you up two steps two steps that's it we just got two steps to get up it was just oh i love my mom (laughs) yeah Um, these are like but like the I don't know. I find it funny. Yeah. These like one and it's usually when you're having like surgery or something like that. It's I like love these. me some Valium. Okay. I Maybe had Valium for TMJ it... when I had some TMJ really? issues. And let me tell you, I know you of course do yoga. I, I woke up, all right, the doctor, my dentist gave me 10 milligrams of yoga or yoga. Of yoga. <laughs> I wish it should have been yoga. 10 milligrams of Valium every night for a week. All right. And then I was going to get fitted for a guard. Um, and I, of course, like, 10 milligrams, a lot of fucking milligrams of, like, of Valium yeah. for somebody who doesn't take shit, okay? Yeah. I took my 10 milligrams the first night, and I sit on my porch and read at night. And I sat on my porch after I took it, and legit, half an hour, within half an hour, I am going, oh, oh, I need to go inside now. I, I don't know if I can make, I do, and I like slither out of my down. chair and I'm not sure I'm going to make it inside. I'm afraid somebody's going to find me half inside, half out on the porch, pass the fuck out oh, because of this funny. value. But I woke up going, I mean, my jaw was opening. My muscles were relaxed and fabulous. I'm going to do a back bend. I'm going to do triple back That's bends. Crazy. Watch me do these walkovers. Like nobody's, <laughs> I, it felt, my muscles felt Great. Okay, so is a Valium a muscle relaxer? All right, so Valium and Xanax as well as Clonopin and Ativan are all parts of a classification of medication called benzodiazepines. All right. So the other names that you will hear for benzodiazepines, your Xanax is your Alorazepam. Yes, I think I'm saying it right. Um, Then you have your Ativan, which is Lorazepam. You have your Clonopin, which is Clonazepam. And you have your Valium, which is Diazepam. So again, your benzos are the ones ending in Pam. 
Pams. So okay. The Pams. Take the Pams. So what benzos do is they're um, a CNS depressant. So your central nervous system. It's a depressant. Mm, that's why you So it's going to relax. Yeah. It's going to slow your breathing down. Everything's just going to, hmm. Um, the best way I ever heard a doctor describe the main three, which are your Xanax, your Ativan, and your Clonopin. Um, Valium is a little bit separate. Um, but the Xanax goes off like a firecracker. It works real quick, and it's great, but it does not last long. Yes, okay. it does. Yeah. Yeah. Your um so firecracker for Xanax. Your Ativan is going to be more like a campfire, so it's going to last longer for you and your Clonopin is going to be more like a coal. So it's going to last you through <laughs> through the night. I see. Um so a lot of times if we have somebody who's coming in and they have been hooked on Xanax, they have a dependency on Xanax, we you don't want to if you have an addiction or dependence with a benzo, you don't want to stop it cold turkey okay you can have bad side effects from stopping at cold turkey so you want to titrate it down over days and sometimes weeks depending on how long you have been on it mm. and oftentimes the doctors in our facility will start you on clonopin instead because it's going to last longer will you still have anxiety and kind of feel like you want to die yeah yeah, yeah you might just be like this is horrible because benzos are considered your first defense for anxiety right they work they right. do but the problem is a lot of times they're um over prescribed too a lot of people do not go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or yeah. a therapist you'll go to your primary care physician and yes. you'll tell them yes. hey i'm feeling really anxious because of fill in the blank and i mean i hate to say it and i think this is just a say different it. problem say throughout it. is they do the easy thing. Yes. So rather than sit and talk with you about what's going on or refer you or really take a chance to listen, they are under so much pressure from insurance companies and other areas to see as many people as they can. So unfortunately, they do a disservice to everyone out there by writing a, writing you off with a yeah. pill and giving yes. you a prescription for Xanax. And a lot of times we'll come in and I will have a patient say, but I only took it how the doctor told me to. Which doctor? Yeah. Yeah, MD who don't know nothing, yeah. who saw you for three minutes. And the thing is, with these benzos, yeah. you really should not be taking them for more than 10 days without mm. the care of a doctor. So you, it's not something that is meant for a long-term fix because it is a medication, too, that you will build up a tolerance to. So you will end up having to take more. That makes sense. All right, so then what is Valium? Valium often gets prescribed more for um, muscles, too. So mus like a muscle relaxant with Okay, that and that issue. makes sense so. because when I did the LASIK, mm -hmm. I understood how people lost their families and jobs to Valium mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. Like the level, so what is that? What is? That apathy that you have? Yeah, like what is it, what chemical? Is that? Oh, God. Or See, is it just, uh, I mean, it's just because it suppresses your nervous system. Well, it's, it's or going your central to be, nervous it's, it's giving you, you know, I mean, depending on your drug of choice, it's going to give you that dopamine fix that, you know, you are so focused on that feel good. Mm. Or it, it takes away that main stressor that you have in your life, be it you taking a benzo, be it you using um, THC, be it spite, you know, pick your drug of yeah. choice. Wow. So okay, so Valium, it's a it it's a dopamine Valium. and a muscle relaxer. No, 
It's a benzodiazepine, mm, mm-hmm. okay, which is the CNS depressant. Yes. Okay. 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 Got it. So, so it's it's kind of like a double whammy, though. Yeah. As opposed to just the one thing. Yeah, because okay, it's that one that's sense. often used too for muscle spasms for seizures. You will have people pushing Ativan or Valium wow. for seizures because it's going to help with the muscles. Wow. To relax oh, them. okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. What is a clonopin and the other word you said? Clonopin or clonazepam? That's yes. the one. Okay, so what are those? Because I heard... Same thing. Yeah, like same Valium? Thing. It's a di- no, well, it's a benzodiazepine too. Ah, okay. So all of these are in classifications for benzos. Got it. It just got kind it, of it. depends on A, who your doctor is, who prescribing them, who is prescribing them, B, what your problem is. You know, so mm. what is going to be the one that they want you to be on most. So remember, like we said, the Xanax works quick. Yeah. So if you have a problem with, let's say, um, public speaking and you have a social anxiety situation and you are going to freeze when you are up on stage and it's not, and you go to your doctor and you're just like, I can't, I can't do it. Kind of like flying. It's just one thing, you know, this one particular situation that you have, I need something to get through it. I can't, I can't, I'm going to freeze up and I have to do it. I have to get... So you're going to have something, but you don't need it to last for a long time. Gotcha. So you're going to get a shorter acting one. Gotcha. So that's why it would be Xanax or something they'd give you in that case. Um, Then you build, let's say you start abusing it and suddenly you build up a tolerance and then you get dependent on it. So you're taking more and more and more and then we got to get you off of it safely. So we're going to give you a different benzo. So you are still getting that benzodiazepine, but we're going to give you one with a longer half-life so that you don't have to be on as much as we cut you down. And it's also not your drug of choice. Mm. Okay, so it's going to be something different. So we're trying to separate that association while still getting you off of it safely. And again, it's going to be different than what you're used to and you are still going to you are going to feel that anxiety it's you have to feel things and that's the horrible thing about when you take away this substance no matter what it is that's been a a substance that's been holding back your emotions you you pull the plug and it's just a release of everything you are going to have that anxiety could you have a panic attack sure yeah are you gonna die from a panic attack no It'll you might feel, like, feel it. like it. Yeah. yeah. You you might totally feel like it. You might even pass out. Yeah. But you're not going to die. Right. You know what? So. <laughs> you know what's crazy, Kelly? My love. <laughs> um, people that don't know you. No. Would think that you are very uncaring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. People <laughs> that don't know you would think that you're very, like, brash and yeah. just. Kelly comes in, she, she she won't do what she won't do. She will tell you she ain't going to fucking do it. I'd say but, that's fair. But honestly, like, hearing you talk about this and hearing you talk about not only drugs but also the recovery, what comes out, like, what I feel most is, like, your compassion. Mm-hmm. Because that I feel like... You have to have some level of compassion to understand not only what it does to the body, but then also what it does to the body to be off of it, Mm -hmm. uh, the body and the mind Mm -hmm. to be off of it. And to understand that not only is it just like someone's, you know, obviously physical dependency on this, but why they have this physical Mm -hmm. dependency. And, and, you know, obviously within your job, your field, you don't get to go home with your patients. You don't get Mm -hmm. to actually see everything. 
But you obviously know that there's shit going on in their oh, lives. That's absolutely. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in your office. <laughs> absolutely. You wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing, especially that my job has done, that sometimes <laughs> leaks over into my normal life, is you learn real quick to set boundaries yes. for yourself. And sometimes that can come off as, as kind of brash and, and uncaring, but really I feel that it's something that everybody needs to do. And that way, honestly, people know where they stand with you. Yeah. And they kind of know, you know, no, this is not acceptable and I'm not going to tolerate this. And here is why. Yeah. And my big thing, especially at work, is um, I don't like not telling somebody why I'm doing something. I don't mind t- telling somebody no, but I do think that they should know the reasoning behind it because when somebody understands the reasoning behind something they're more often than not willing to go along with it yeah or to give something a try i yeah. think the problem is is when people don't explain why they're doing something or the answer is just do what i say yeah. or just because so i feel it's really important to do that um that <laughs> being said i mean i've not had my own issues with chemical dependency. I have, uh, I had, I was in a long-term relationship with a guy who ended up, I ended up discovering he was an alcoholic and I mm-hmm. didn't know for years. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't want anybody to feel that you need to know everything or that everything should be intuitive or yeah. that, you know, uh, do I somewhat beat myself up going, why did I see this? I work in this field. Sure. Right. <laughs> you know, but. But you are human too. But so, yeah, yeah, everybody like, is. Yeah. And everybody makes mistakes. And I think it's also realizing that and being sympathetic and empathetic to that fact that yeah. we all need help and everybody needs to learn to develop positive coping skills because yeah. let's face it these substances that we use whether it be alcohol uh whether it be benzos they're they're a coping skill and it's not necessarily a healthy coping skill we can use it, some yeah. of this but you need to be developing positive things along the way that you can do yeah and and teach other people your positive coping skills whether it be exercise and journaling and and yeah going through um you know all kinds of other uh therapies that will help yeah but you got to find what works for you yeah yeah i i completely agree with that statement and i i would you don't have to agree but i would venture even further and say that like hopefully the the goal with some of these drugs or these um well yeah i mean they're fucking drugs there's yeah. a doctor no, that drugs. prescribes prescribes them yeah they're drugs. um um is that and i mean this is if i were to have to be prescribed an antidepressant which full disclosure i am not on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety um haven't been and i would only assume that if i was on it the goal is to only have it for a little bit like i'm using that as like a a raft to get me through these troubled waters until maybe I'm at a point where I don't need to use these drugs anymore, like a chemical dependency. Because going back to what I was saying before, I am of the belief that only a, I want to think that only a small percentage of people actually truly need chemical interference every single day. 
I would like, dare say maybe... it's going to depend upon your diagnosis, okay? Is everybody yeah. going to need something? Not necessarily. Um, antidepressants, usually they say take them. It's like nine months to a year before you start weaning off of them. Yeah. And again, please only do that under the advice of your doctor right. and watching that. But then it depends on... Again, what your diagnosis is. If you are bipolar and well, you yes. have to take a mood that stabilizer, is totally different. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a that, completely yeah. different ballpark. Please continue Absolutely. taking your mood stabilizer. Like, someone like me, like I am not. I mm. haven't haven't been diagnosed bipolar. I've had depression. I've had like spells mm. where you're just like, I don't know if we gonna make mm-hmm. it through this. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I even want to make it through this. Yeah. But it's not. I haven't gotten to the point where I've been like need medication Mm -hmm. for it now if i get to that point ever Mm -hmm. would knock on it Mm -hmm. you know i'm hoping that i wouldn't need it for the rest of my life like i'm hoping that i would need it as a little as a little life raft to get me to a point where i'm addressing the external issues that are causing me Mm -hmm. the the depression the anxiety the suicidal tendencies whatever like i'm hoping that that and and you know, people who are listening, if you want to uh, uh, write in and, you know, educate me a little bit more, I would love it. I'm open to this dialogue, but I'm of that mindset that I think it's, unless you're, unless well, you need a mood stabilizer, unless yeah. you're like diagnosed yeah. as bipolar Yeah, we're just talking about antidepressants. Yeah. We're not talking yes. about mood stabilizer no. medication. I'm just so talking that is going to be a completely different, and anxiety. Yeah. different subject. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to that, that um, ex-boyfriend that I had who um, was an alcoholic. Um, he also, and I did not know this until we were years into the relationship, when we first started dating, he had actually been taking an antidepressant too. Mm. And I never knew that. He stopped taking his antidepressant because he felt good. Because yeah. he felt fine. Well, that's what and it's that's supposed to be, do. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. And, you know, and when you're in the beginnings of a new relationship, yeah, yeah things are being seen through rosy glasses. Everything we is we great. all feel great. Yeah. Um, and he stopped taking it. And then I think that's kind of what helped kickstart more of the alcohol problem, too. Yeah. Because that alcohol is another antidepressant that you have there. So, um, or I'm sorry, another depressant uh, that gets thrown in. So, well, you're using it as self medicating. Yeah. You're self medicating. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it what it is. You are self medicating with alcohol. Um, And it led to a problem. But yes, you you may not need to take it for the rest of your life. Um, but they do typically say with it, it's going to be about nine months to yeah. a year before yeah, you want yeah. to talk to your doctor about coming off of it. But at any point in that, my main thing that I always want to encourage everybody is that open communication with your medical professional. Yeah. So if you can maintain those lines, you can work together because that's what it should be. It should yeah. be a partnership where we decide what is, you know, we decide together what is good for you for what you are looking for and need. Yeah. So that's going to be the big important thing. So communicate, I, communicate, communicate. Yes. If, if, and if you get anything out of this, <laughs> just communicate with your healthcare professional. Um, all right. So what else we got on the list? Um, I had just because when we initially talked, I wasn't sure where you wanted to go. If we were going street drugs or, or prescribed <laughs> drugs. or what. So here I am frantically looking up. I'm like, all right, we're going to be schooled said, in some bath salts. I mean, salts I said all now. the drugs. So, Holy crap. Talk to me about bath, bath salts. salts. Bath salts. Bath salts are fun and not fun because I've done them or anything. I mean, they are not fun. Please don't do them. You I'll will be eating somebody's face off down in Miami. So if anybody. <laughs> doesn't know that story please look it up 
Um, or don't. Or, or don't. don't. The pictures are gross. I don't know. SSDGM <laughs> for anybody who knows. <laughs> yes. Um, so bath salts are um, other names for it. Flocka, if anybody has heard of Flocka. Oh. Or Bloom. That's another oh, name for it. Oh, that sounds pretty. Sounds pretty. Yeah. Sounds yeah, no, like... it's not. And please don't mix this up with Epsom salt, okay? The bath salts we are talking about yes. are not Epsom sure. salts. All right, Epsom salt you can buy in the grocery store and put it in your bath to relax your muscles, okay? Oh, so that's not... No. At These all. These are not those at all. Okay. No. Full disclosure. <laughs> wow. Asada. Wow. Okay, so full disclosure, I thought they were Epsom salt with stuff in them. No. <laughs> Got it. You are probably not the only one, so okay, it's, so it's good if... for full disclosure and bring Okay, so up. for the people who don't know, because I totally knew what was happening. <laughs> I was just doing that for the listener's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is what is All right, so it's our bath salt. synthetic and I hope I'm pronouncing this right and again I apologize. One of the things in school that I learned is that even your medical professionals sometimes don't know how to pronounce things. It's okay. So be gentle. Um, cathinones. They are synthetic cathinones and what a cathinone is wow. is it's a stimulant found naturally in a plant grown in East Africa and the Southern Arabian. Southern Arabia. What? Um, it's similar to amphetamines like meth and MDMA. Wow. So. I just learned about um, meth mouth. Ah, uh-huh. I did. Yeah. I, I, um, Adult, I thought old. they were just, like, really bad. Yeah, just no. Bad hygiene. You ever seen, like, the progressive pictures from somebody before they started doing meth and then they No, don't? but I, I did watch Tiger King. I saw, <laughs> I saw the guy and there was a picture of him before and I was like, oh, holy yeah, um, they so. have. You can look them up. They're progressive <laughs> pictures from like various arrests, wow. or starting with your your license picture, and then various arrests down the line. And you can see somebody age in no time. So at how all come um, just randomly? Do you know why it affects certain people differently, like the meth mouth? Because not everybody that does meth have has bad mouths, right? right or so is that we're we're gonna jump to meth. Sorry. We'll come back to Flaca. We'll, sorry, right, Flaca. So, we'll be right back. Meth and other names for it. So if you hear methamphetamine, yes. meth, crystal meth, speed, crank, glass, ice, anybody who watched. Isn't um, acet, acet, mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, Turns out, I don't know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> I'm realizing in real time right now that I've only read it and I've never said that word out loud. Yay! <laughs> Um, I feel for you. <laughs> the drug, the thing that's in the the um, the day quilt that I, you have to get ID'd for, isn't that meth? That is not meth. Jesus, I don't, <laughs> I don't know nothing, you guys. Okay, sorry. Go back to meth. Because, <laughs> okay. oh, I mean, boy. those over-the-counter things that, that you have, um, you're looking at it. Triple C's, coracetamin, acetaminophen. Ooh. <laughs> no, acetaminophen. I'm going to cut it. Acetaminophen, cut if that's what it is. Acetaminophen is Tylenol. So, no, that's oh. not the part <laughs> that's going to affect you. No. Uh, you're thinking of pseudofedrin. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. So, like, pseudofed, like real pseudofed. And it's now behind the counter. And yes, you can, and you yeah. have to get ID'd for it. Is yes. That's not meth. That's not. That's, Got um, it. Cool. It is a, it, it will stimulate. So, pseudoephedrine, pseudofed. Um, they, it is a, a stimulant. It helps. It's in cold meds. It's why they're behind the counter because people would use it to make 
crystal meth. I like see. So it I has see, an ingredient that they would use for okay. it. So that's that's suddenly why you have to be ID'd and it's it's counted how many times yeah. you, you are able to get it from behind the counter. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so meth, um, methamphetamine, uh, laboratory made, all right? That's it, why the houses blow up. That's why the houses blow up, yes. Um, white, bitter-tasting powder. It can come in a white pill, and it also can come in a shiny white or a clear rock, which is crystal meth. Which is not cocaine. Which is not cocaine. I, again, listeners, learned that just <laughs> recently. I, I, I apparently had some, I guess... In my brain, I have lumped all, like, street drugs, everything all together into mm-hmm. one thing. And I think I saw the movie Crash. Mm-hmm. And I just saw, a gr- like, um, Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. Or it wasn't Julia Stiles. the other actress who was phenomenal. It doesn't matter. Um, melting, <laughs> a, melting a rock. Mm-hmm. But then... Then I think it said it was meth, but it looked like heroin. I don't know. Apparently, I've been confused for three decades. Well, and I think some of the problems with it, especially now, is new stuff comes out, and there's new ways to do it, and there's several ways to do various drugs. Yeah. You know, I mean, so there's numerous ways to take it. I mean, even just look at at pot, you know, you can bake it in a brownie. You can bake you can, it, you know. Can eat it in a gummy. Rub it. You can smoke it. You can you know, yeah. Put it in your, put, like, have it in a cream. Massage you oil. Know? So <laughs> it comes in so many different forms. Yeah. You know, for if you are not in the culture, you are not necessarily gonna know. And That's I'm true. by no means yeah. saying that I am in the culture at all. Well, like, I'm just somebody who's looked up some shit, okay? <laughs> so by, by no means am I like, yeah, this is how you do it. This is no, no. okay. Well, but- I am you de- you have um you're more you have a, a finger on the pulse more I'm, on I'm, like the medical side yes, of it like yes. you're not like completely ignorant no to and and I will also say frankly I do not go up to my patients and be like so how'd you used to do that okay I'm not going to trigger my patients like that and be like <laughs> where'd you used so to buy and what'd yeah. you used to get and we're, no I don't <laughs> And so, you know, like, just, just just a, a note. If you know anybody <laughs> that's in recovery, don't do that. Please, don't, don't do that don't at all. That. Like, Please just don't, don't trigger them. Just don't do that. Don't be a jerk. And uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, don't be a jerk. There you go. <laughs> that's what this episode. Drugs. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Drugs. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So methamphetamine, it is a stimulant drug. So it's going to boost your mood. Increase your feelings of well-being, and it's going to increase your energy and yes. increase your alertness. So, um, my my mom back when I was in high school, and I don't know. And my mom, if anybody knows my mom, she she's is the sweetest. I love my mother, but we were driving down. I it was like Summerlin, okay, on the way home, and out of nowhere, when I was in high school, she turns to me and goes, "Speed makes you feel like God." I'm like, "Just the first thing that's come from," you know. So, all right, I have no clue, all right? So, I think your mom's going to be my next podcast yes, guest. There you go. Honestly, your mom would be probably, but, she would be fascinating. Oh, she's done so many things. It'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'd love and to And she know. started to say fuck a lot more in her older age, so she <laughs> Bring her in. And she'll bring cookies. Bring she started making the double in. tree cookies, so. Wait, I was actually thinking about learning how to crochet, Yeah, so. yeah. We'll just she get will, a, a she bunch of things there knocked out. She'll teach me how to crochet. We'll get an amazing episode in. And you'll have cookies. I yeah. mean, she'll probably give me a story to write into <laughs> my favorite murder, too. I'm oh, sure she's she's... Story. she um, went to Woodstock and everything. Well, no she didn't way. quite make it. They got stuck in traffic on the way there on the road, and they gave their tickets away. That my is... mom and dad. Oh, man. So, yeah. Your parents are cool. <laughs> man, your mom's awesome. Okay. 
Okay, um, so speed makes you feel like right. God. So cool. speed makes you feel like God. Wait, so meth is speed. It's the same thing. It, yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So, so meth so, has been around for a long time. Meth's been Well, think about old diet pills. Have you ever heard of black beauties? No. All right, black beauties were an old diet pill. And, and women, I mean, from back, back in the day, were given amphetamines for diet control I and to lose weight. I took diet when I was a teenager. Yeah. I mean, there used to you be, just what buy was at the it, Dexatrim. Dexatrim used to be one that you could buy over the counter. It was in a red box, and if you look at the yeah. pill, it was a capsule with yeah. like red and yellow capsule things. I took things. that. I, I, yep, I used to, I take, used to that. take that too. Made me feel like shit. Was that meth? That would, well, it was a form of of. Kind Wait a minute! Of, what's happening right now? Holy like illegal, shit. like an amphetamine that was out there because Get it out speeds of town. you up. Tell yes, and that's it what made black my heart feel is. like. Ex- and I, anybody and, who knows um, Delta Burke from um, Designing Women. No. Now but, she has story. Now I love Designing Women. Okay, back in the day, I used to watch this show. Anybody who who shout out for Designing Women, go Sugar Baker. Um, <laughs> But she had stories of her, uh, weight had always been an issue for her, and she had stories of her doctor giving her black beauties. And they were, um, a pill was essentially speed that you would take as a diet pill to lose weight. I am flabbergasted. And you will get addicted to them. They are addictive. They increase your heart heart rate, if I can talk. Increase your heart rate, increases your blood pressure, um, leads to addiction. the pl- the problem with methamphetamines amphetamines is that the pleasurable effects too of the drug are gone before the levels of the drug in your blood go out. So you take more, it causes you to use more to feel pleasurable, but really you're increasing your blood content more. Yeah. So you use it more and more and some it'll cause you to not sleep sometimes for days. And you'll just keep using the drug. Wow. I, I remember I, I took, um, boy, I think I took it for like a week and then I gave up because that was like. Oh, it made me feel like shit. I didn't yeah, use it for well, long. And it was like yeah. a lot of bathroom fun times. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my heart hurts and I keep going to the bathroom. Yeah. So I mean, it's funny. Caffeine does not give me that, you know, yeah. feeling. But that's how I imagine people who can't yes. tolerate caffeine feel. Whoa. Wow, you guys. Yeah, I'm a it is I'm just a badass. For, Everybody's edification. It is considered a Schedule II drug, which means it has a high potential for abuse. Um, it is, of course, legally available through a prescription, wow. but it usually can't be refilled. There's a lot that doctors have to go through for a refill. It's not a medication that um, nurses or another medical professional unit can call in. Right. So I can't just call that in for you. The doctor physically has to write you a prescription for it. Wow. So. Holy smokes. Um, wow. All right, so also this is, see, I did research for you. Oh, my God, you guys, these (laughs) notes are so good. So you have short-term and long-term effects of um, methamphetamines. All right, so short-term, you're going to feel very awake and very active, um, causes lack, uh, lack of appetite, increases your heart rate, causes a regular heartbeat. That's why you're losing so much weight. Increase your blood pressure. It also increases your temperature, okay? So that's why you have things like, um, different meth and, and ecstasy sometimes you know people say have a bottle of water you know you're going to a rave make sure you have your water with you because your temperature will go up wait is ecstasy meth ecstasy is is a um amphetamine what all right so it also increases your risk for bloodborne diseases now i made sure to kind of when i was researching they got real specific on what diseases it increases your risk for but if you take a step back and look at this this is a 
Short-term feel-good, very awake, active, increases your libido, increases your sense of euphoria. So you're going to want to have sex. Oh, uh, so that's so, what I see. And because your inhibitions are down, you're not necessarily going to be with it enough to use protection. I see. So, and if you are doing other kinds of drugs, anything um, intravenous, right. you could possibly share needles. So that right. is how it leads to increased risk for bloodborne diseases. So I anything see. that way, be it HIV, be it hepatitis. So that's, that's a, a risk. Um, long-term, of course, can lead to addiction. It can learn, lead to extreme weight loss, okay, with everything. Um, anxiety, confusions, problems with sleeping, mood swings, severe dental problems, meth mouth. Meth mouth. Um, violent behavior, psychosis, skin sores related to scratching or picking, uh, paranoia and problems with thinking, emotion, and memory. What is it about the meth that makes that erodes the teeth? I'd honestly have to yeah look up and do more maybe it's, maybe on it that. is just like bad so, hygiene because you know, you're all like you're. I'm sure it is. There's a chemical component in there somehow. Yeah, that of course affects everything. But yeah, That's I mean that of course can and be it, part and of it too. Eats your literally. Well, eats your it brain, gives right? you it, you have that paranoia and you have delusions. So oftentimes you have hallucinations too, and hallucinations can include tactile hallucinations, of feeling like something's on you. So if you start scratching and you keep scratching, ah, uh, that's you start, what so, you're eating. Yeah. I see. Yeah, you're, or not eating like you're picking. You're yeah. literally picking at picking. yourself. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen people with like sores. Yeah, and like almost like their face is missing. Mm-hmm. Like oh you try to dig into your entire face i didn't understand what that what yeah. that was for a long for a really long time oh, we'll have patients who come in sometimes and and you start off you see a picture and you think a certain age and then suddenly you find out no they're they're actually yeah. your age or you know and yeah. that's that's it can be eye-opening yeah. to see how much something can age you and life experience in general because you figure what goes on with long-term That's addiction and use and yeah. situations you put yourself in that you wouldn't necessarily have put yourself yeah, in. Yeah, that's because very of the true. Addiction. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I'm really excited to talk about heroin. <laughs> I think we, we should finish with, with... We're gonna finish with heroin? I feel like I think, and maybe it's, again, it's my naive, naivete. I feel like heroin is like the big, the big one, right? It's like the... The drug of all drugs, well, I right? I think that you feel that way, too, because um, of the big, everybody has heard of the opioid epidemic yes. that is in, in our country, that is around. So um, heroin, um, if anybody's ever heard of black tar or smack, that is heroin. Yeah. Okay, so heroin is made from morphine. It's a psychoactive substance that's taken from the resin of the seed pod of the poppy plant. So back in the day, anybody who does any kind of <laughs> such a poppy shame. seed bagels and you know, lemon shame. poppy seed Honestly. muffins, delicious. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't think that something so innocent has like... Re- or Wizard of Oz and the poppy fields yes. that they run through oh. that puts them to sleep. I mean, anybody who through the ages, anybody who's heard or seen in movies, opium eaters, you know, that's, that's it's oh, an I- opioid. So, I mean, it was a, anytime you hear... That it's a derivative. This is a morphine. Um, to go over, okay, so example of opioids that we have. So you have heroin, you have hydromorphone, you have morphine and oxycodone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going to be part of your your opioids that are all 
in there. Um, codeine also. Now, fun codeine. fun fact with codeine, because oftentimes you'll have codeine with acetaminophen that will give kids for a cold, you know, that they have. I remember getting codeine when I was a child, <laughs> okay? And I was so focused. I was in, I don't know, first grade. And I remember I was so focused on doing things independently, okay? And I was prescribed, like, a teaspoon, let's say, of this. And I was very, Mom, I want to pour my own medication. I want to do it myself. I want to do it. I gave myself, instead of a teaspoon, I gave myself a tablespoon, which is three times as much as you should take of this codeine. And I remember going to school and just passing out. Like, I could not keep (laughs) my eyes open. They called my grandmother to come and pick me up. I remember laying in the back of my grandmother's Buick, and her stopping real quick at a, at a you, stoplight. And I rolled onto the floor and I just stayed there. It was too much effort to climb back up onto the back seat. I laid on the floor of the car until we got home because I had OD'd myself on coding. So there you go. Is that my street cred? Right there. <laughs> Honestly, your street cred is probably about as good as mine. We're too afraid to really so, yes. do drugs. And you accidentally overdosed accidentally, when you were yes. a child. Because I can pour my own meds. I can do it all by myself. So but she? <laughs> Ironically, yeah. you dose meds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very well now. Very, Very well. I learned she from mistakes, and at least I did a mistake on myself. We'll, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So other things, like I said, the um, hydrocodone, oxycodone, um, oxycodone, like oxycotton, and um, example of hydrocodone is Vicodin. So a lot of okay. times people will switch to heroin because it's cheaper and easier to get. So you will start with these pills that you were given for, let's say, a legit medical thing you have wrong with you, back pain, um, whatever various issues wisdom, you had. I, wisdom I got teeth. my wisdom teeth removed when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I was, I remember I was still a minor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they gave me, I think I took the, the pill, mm-hmm. like afterwards, um, the painkiller. I think it was, I think it was codeine. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it once in the office and then um i think i took it one more and then i didn't take it again because i didn't like oh i get so vomity i i get i puke my guts out personally on any kind of a pain medication that's a prescription grade i do not i have to be in serious pain to take a pain medication the way i describe them or at least this is also how i feel taking pain medication is it's not going to medications like these opiates are not going to fix what's wrong with you pain-wise. For example, like if you take ibuprofen, the ibuprofen is legit going to help with any swelling and help reduce Mm -hmm. that. Whereas the way that this is going to work is going to be just on your brain and receptors. I always feel like when I take pain medication, like my brain is bubble wrapped is how I described it. Like, you know, the pain is still there. Mm -hmm. It's just more floaty in a way. You're not feeling it. It's like a little distant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I personally hate the way that makes me feel yeah i do not like that whatsoever and like i said i end up puking my guts up so so i wonder if my next my next level of curiosity if i need to talk to somebody that's actually done drugs Mm -hmm. um because i i am curious are the effects of street drugs different than like if i'm taking codeine Mm -hmm. And I know it makes me feel gross, and mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. 
Is that the same effect as, like, would heroin do the oh, same well, thing? I mean, of course, I mean, they're it, in the same classification, but, you know, heroin is going to be kind of like codeine versus um, oxycodone. It's going to be two different spectrum things. You know, oh. Because I mean? it's, yeah, it's going to be one is more potent than the other, so it kind of depends. Like There's the firecracker scales. release yes, thing. I exactly. see, I There's see, I scales see. Going on there. Okay. Um, yeah, so you do, you do have that issue. Um, That's interesting. I mean, and it's probably stronger, which is why yeah. people end up on the street drug. Yeah. 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 And more accessible. Yeah. Wow. And it is one just, just for, again, everybody's knowledge. Um, a lot of times we often see, or in movies, it's depicted the heroin that gets mixed with the water and the spoon and heated up. And right. Isn't that up. heroin? Yes, that's heroin. Okay. But heroin can also be sniffed. It can be smoked. It can be snorted. And it can be mixed with other drugs sometimes. If you've ever heard of a speedball. Yes, i Speedball is heroin and um, cocaine. Oh. So you have something that slows you down. You have something that picks you up. Okay. So... You know, because a lot of times you'll so why would you even hear or read stories about? I'm like, I'm well, like, why would say, you do? But this is let's say somebody gets hooked on an opiate, but they still have to go and function and do their job. Hooked on an opiate or hooked on um, a benzo, which is also the CNS yeah. depressant. So you you are hooked on that, but you know you still have to go and function and do your do your job or do what you need to do. So you got to wake up. So it's easier to do some coke. Have an Adderall. So you wake you up, make you focused. Take your downer. Take your downer. Take to your get upper. the fix, but mm-hmm. then to wake you back up. Wow, that's that's all. Oh. And then you you risk problems, of course, with now you're dealing two drugs in that, and then you have the risk of of ODing. Right, right, yeah. which is so, yeah, a very real reality in and your then, life. Oh, and then oftentimes, well, a lot of times when you have somebody who is hooked on. Uh, CNS depressant, they're also drinking. So you're not only just taking your Xanax, mm. but you're drinking on top of taking the Xanax. So it doubles the risk for something happening. Yeah. So, and that's Jeez. where it'll get you. And this is a field that you love. <laughs> like you like it is a field where <laughs> this is the, this is your. I picked home. this. <laughs> I did pick this. Um, yeah. I find it. Fascinating. Uh, you know what? It is. So it's. it's. We've been here for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to know more. So, yes, you're right. It is absolutely so, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, Kelly, my love. All right. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your time and your notes. I need to take a picture of all uh, of this. If anybody has any corrections to make to anything I said, or if you have your own two cents, by all means, keep it to yourself. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> No, no, not no, me. No. Um, no, actually, if you have made it this far, thank you. I appreciate you. But if you have anything to add, if you have a personal story, I want to know about it. Um, I am not in a position to shame. I don't want to shame anybody for their experiences or their or whatever they've gone through. I'm just kind of in a place of I want to know more. I'm open to learning more about life about choices that people make whatever the case may be um or if you just if you just want to um uh, share your experience 
with the drug that you have had or your drug of choice um, and not necessarily let me know about like the backstory behind it, that's totally fine too. Um, again, no judgment. You can um, shoot me an email at whatmakesmewell at gmail.com and I'll read it on the next episode just like I do with the reviews. Um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Kelly, thank you so much again. I love you so much. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Um, I'm going to leave that actually right now. I keep kind of things separate. Uh, I love you. My work was. So there's, there's my boundaries. So See? good luck finding me. Boundaries <laughs> are hard, and I appreciate that. That's why I love Kelly. Okay. I love you so much. Thank you. you so much. Yay. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show, Wellness Warriors. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks again to Kelly for coming by and teaching me about drugs and being so patient with all of my questions. I love you so much, Kelly. Thank you. If you loved this episode, let me know. Connect with me on Instagram or Twitter or leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on that platform. Or you can just shout me out on your Insta story. Take a video or a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to and tag me. It's a great way to let others know about the podcast and lets me know that you're listening as well. That's all I have for you, Wellness Warriors. I'll be back soon. Until then, be brave, be light, be well.